0: Welcome to Kingdom Light Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Now this morning, man, we've got a privilege to to have a a real amazing couple. Um, I met Dierwalt, I met Dierwalt, how long was it ago, two years? And we did a conference together and we we got to meet each other. And what a lovely, lovely guy, lovely couple. And um, they're also part of now and then part of Journey of Grace, but they run a full-time ministry called Family Matters, where they do marriage courses, men's stuff, women's stuff, parenting stuff. So they're just incredible, and, they, and the, the way they just carry themselves, and, um, and how God uses them, and how they, tra- how they raise up their children is phenomenal. So you need to get yourself ready for a great word, and, um, and God is just going to work through them. So thank you. Let's give them awesome hands. Sarah's going to start. Thank you.
1: Oh, wonderful. Well, good morning. It's so lovely to be here with you. Hello, and thank you. Henny and Salome, thank you for inviting us. It really is such a pleasure to be here in the lovely Stellenbosch. All's funny, off. So Um I'm going to speak mostly in English because that's kind of where I feel comfortable. Um, and so, so Devils and I, we have been married for the last 20 years. I don't know if there's a picture of our family. I'd go, there's our crew. Um, we have been married for the last 20 years, and we actually met in London in the year 2000. Um, so that's a long time ago, and um, he was my first Afrikaans friend, Devil you Afrikaans? <laughs> and I guess from the off, so I very, very, very English, it's my 15-year-old battle, which um, helps me um, grow in my Afrikaans, but um, yeah, so we met in 2000, and we actually met at Bible school, um, at Bible college, and then in 2003 we were married and, um, and passionate for the Lord and we're still passionate for the Lord and really for the last 20 years I mean we, d- we wanted from the outset we wanted to make a kingdom difference and so we've been doing that pretty much for the last um, 20 years. Um, so John Boring said a happy family is but an earlier heaven And that's so true, isn't it? When you can experience um, heaven in your home, and that's really what we have been experiencing. And so that's why we started what is called Family Matters, because family matters. And the tagline is, you know, equipping, you know, families to experience heaven in your home. And so we do that by training and seminars and coaching and teaching. And, um, and we do that through, I think on the next slide, love, if you can, family matters. There we go, the next one. Um, so you can see we've got um, it does the, the fatherhood and the dad and the manhood. And um, next year I'm going to come alongside him and a lot more focused with the women and the um, moms ministry. And then um, we do um, parenting courses um, and also specifically focusing on teens, how to connect with your teen. And then we do, oh, such fun, our Closer Marriage Seminar, which we do on Sunday nights. And um, so once a term, we go through eight weeks where we take couples on a marriage seminar. So whether your marriage is in a good space and you want to make it better. And we have had couples where this is their last straw. It's like, okay, this is it. No pressure. But <laughs> if this doesn't work, then we quit. And so we're like, oh, Lord. Anyway, it has been amazing, the incredible testimonies that we have seen how God moves. Because God is so into. Faith families. He's into the restoration and the redemption of families. And so it really is good news. The gospel is good news, and it has the power to change and to reform. And you know, Danny Silk says, healthy whole families are going to change the world. And that's where it starts. It starts in the family. And we believe that healthy whole individuals have healthy whole marriages which in turn become healthy whole parents who parent well and raise up healthy whole children. And so that's our work, that's our mission as we speak in to those areas. But you see culture doesn't buy into that. Right? Traditional biblical family. And if you look at the message that is being preached, do you know the message that has been spoken is 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 anti that. Do you know, and the enemy has this insidious agenda to break down family, because he understands the power of family, and therefore we, as parents, we in our marriages, we need to like Nehemiah four fifteen. You see, we can't allow ourselves to be idle or take our foot off the pedal, or do you know, just go with the flow. And Nehemiah he implored Israel. He said, "You got to fight for your families." And that really is our message that we can't let go of this one. This is so important. And we need to fight for our families. And so that's what we do. But this seminar is about marriage. <laughs> so I'm going to be, well, this, this, this today is, is about marriage. And Devil asked me to kickstart it. The message I want to speak, well, the verse I want to share with you is from the message. Message translation in Matthew. Um, Jesus is speaking here, this is the message um, translation, and he said, Not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Marriage isn't for everyone, but if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. So, basically what this verse is saying, if you want to do marriage well, it will require a growing in maturity. And so I'm going to unpack this, and this is pretty much an introduction into what David's going to be talking about. So it starts off with, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. And it really does, for those of us who've been married long enough, understand that it does require maturity. And Paul speaks a lot about Christian maturity and what does it look like. And so I'm going to read you a passage in the Bible. Um, I've got the Passion Translation. (laughs) I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation. That's one of my favorites. And I'm not going to tell you where it's from. Afterwards, I'm going to ask you, where do you think this is from? Because it's just so significant what Paul is saying. He says, when I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. For I saw things like a child, and I reasoned like a child. Okay, for those of us who have kids, how do kids reason? How do they act? Especially small kids. What, is, what are the childish ways? It's all about... Me! Okay, kids are very self-absorbed, very selfish. It's all about me. And, and, and so Paul is saying, all right, hang on a second, that is right and apt for a child, because that is where they're at. But then he goes on to say, but the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. So I was a child, and then I matured. What does maturity look like? Well, obviously the opposite of the characteristics of the child. That means you are unselfish. That means that you are taking responsibility and owning your stuff. That means that um, what Paul speaks about, what actual Christian maturity is, is that is what it means to become like Jesus. And that is our role in marriage, and it's so beautiful how we have this incredible opportunity to become like Jesus in marriage. Because <laughs> there's nothing like marriage to bring it out. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, it's it's almost like I, I, I say I liken marriage to a, a furnace. And our lives are like gold with alloy blend, right? And so, when you're in the marriage, you understand what happens. I'm sure you've heard the analogy of what happens when gold is in the fire. What happens? All the impurities rise to the surface, right? In marriage, you know, and in 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 the fire. And marriage is a little bit like the fire. And so, that which you haven't dealt with, that which hasn't been healed or restored or redeemed, it comes up to the surface and it highlights our insecurity the impurities, even the hurts and the past hurts and pains. It just brings it all to the surface. But it's a wonderful opportunity for it to be revealed so that we can see what we need to deal with. And I love how um, I've got this little quote by Gary Thomas he says in his book, Sacred Marriage, he says, if you want to become more like Jesus, I can't imagine any better thing to do than to get married. Being married forces you to face some character issues you never have to face otherwise. They say if Jack is in the box, Okay, Jack is let's say representing all the impurities and the bad character and the insecurities and the. If Jack is in the box, he's gonna come out, and so we don't want no Jack. Okay, if you're married to a Jack, you keep your Jack, but you know. (laughs) You get my analogy, all right? So we want we want that all out, and what a wonderful opportunity for marriage to no, he's not Jack, he's (laughs) Madhavi, to. so you bring it all out. So, so uh, carrying on. Um, so not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Now that word aptitude is so beautiful because there's two meanings to it. And um, the first one is it requires a skill level. A certain level of skill which is great because that means that we can grow in our skill level and that the, the second part of the meaning of aptitude is it's a capacity for learning so it means that we need to grow it doesn't just come you don't fall into a good marriage there is the process of maturing and growing and we need to understand that that is our role is to grow and develop and mature and i mean we've been married for 20 years and we are the biggest learners about marriage that there is any book any podcast any anything because we still want to grow and it's about having that growth mindset so how do you grow How do you grow? Well, there are many ways, but I'm going to highlight two, and that is in the Word. Even though there are specific marriage verses, every verse in this Bible is a marriage verse. It is applicable to marriage. And this is the truth that sets free. This is the power to transform us. And as we spend time in it, like Pastor Bill says, if you get into it, it gets into you. It knows when you're, <laughs> you know, and it's powerful to, to allow the word to transform us and, um, and bring out the best in us. And, and then also how do you mature is, is with the word, but also the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit and his presence and him working through you. And it's so beautiful how um, when Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you alone, I'm going to send you the helper and he will bring to remembrance everything that I've taught you and and you know I love Ephesians 5:18 and I'm going to land my little introduction with with this is it speaks about be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, the end part of the verse says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it doesn't say in order to have phenomenal church meetings. And I mean, it's wonderful when the Holy Spirit is in a church meeting. But the immediate application after that are three things. He goes immediate in to be continually filled with the Spirit. So you can do marriage well you can do parenting well, and so that you can have an effect in the workspace. It literally, the immediate application of being filled with the Spirit, he goes, that husbands, you will love your wives well, that wives, you will be tenderly devoted to your husbands, that you will raise up children who are godly, and then your life will make an impact in this world. And so we need the word and we need his presence. We need the Holy Spirit, the helper to empower us to live out a married life. Because God designed our marriages not to be war zones. And you see a lot of that. But to be Eden. Now the word Eden means the place of pleasure, and delight. How awesome. I mean, to see marriage, that is, it really is supposed to be the place of pleasure and delight. And that's God's heart for us. And therefore, we need to grow and mature in that if we're not seeing that. And that's the beauty of God says, I've got you, my word, my presence. And that's going to help you growing in maturity when it comes to marriage. So I'm going to end off. I'm going to land my little plan with just a, a scripture that I read this, um, it, was, it was yesterday, and I thought, oh, what a wonderful blessing, um, in 2 Thessalonians. All right, it says this, so then, dear family, stand firm with a masterful grip of the teachings we gave you, a masterful grip on the word, either by word or mouth or by our letter. And then it says, Now may the Lord Jesus and our Father God who loved us in his wonderful grace and gave us eternal comfort as the Holy Spirit and a beautiful hope that cannot fail, encourage your hearts and inspire you with strength to always do and speak what is good and beautiful in his eyes. Awesome. So I'm going to hand over to my husband, who's going to take over. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you, my Malifi. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. I can't. Not 28 years of my life. I can't. I never regret. That I can't. to met you earlier on. I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip. I'm going no, yeah. So 20 years of married life was absolutely uh is been a it's been an absolute joy. And um, when you you finds a wife, finds a good thing. Amen. Say the Bible. And um, so yeah, marriage comes with uh, with the joys, it comes with challenges. Um but here's the thing, God has given us the principles. If we honor the principles, um you're going to have an awesome time. If you dishonor the principles that he's placed you're gonna have a hard time. Okay, so here's the thing: God wants us to be absolutely thrilled and absolutely enjoy married life. This, there was not the idea of, oh, come, I'm going to drag you. was the idea of, come, I bless you out of your socks and I give you a spouse to share the rest of your life with. You yes, yes. Going to think differently than you for sure. You're gonna have different opinions about many things for sure. Okay, but. If you act maturely, and if you learn the aptitude, the aptitude, as you go Google what aptitude betekent, it is acquiring a certain level of skill. That's beautiful, isn't it? And it's not a skill of, I'll tolerate you. (laughs) It's a skill of, I'm going to create an environment that's going to bring out the best in you. So think about this. One day when you meet Jesus face to face not well done that you've made it into heaven you know that spouse i gave you did i give it to you in a good condition yes lord <laughs> g- you gave it to me in a good condition so my assignment to you was the following is to give it back to me in a better condition so what if god will reward you for eternity according to how you treated your spouse Think about that. Think about for that for a moment. Just your eternal reward could be like linked to how well you loved. And and marriage is a fantastic opportunity to get you to a place to realize how selfish you can be sometimes. How you can make your whole life revolve around you. And God is saying, you know, I'm gonna teach, I'm gonna, I gave this one to you. As perfect or imperfect as you think she is, he is. Okay, because I'm going to teach you how to love. Because the first two words of the definition of love is love is what? Love is patient. patient. Oh, you, do you, we you need patience? Sorry. So love is kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. So let me ask you, how, how's it going with your patience and kindness? <laughs> And that's the thing, like, if you're not, I tell you what, the Lord will help you and provide a space for you so that you can learn to grow in patience and kindness. Patience means the following, to keep a good attitude while waiting. <laughs> Think about that. How's your attitude <laughs> while, while you're waiting and while you're not getting what you want? You see, there's nothing like marriage that brings it out in, to you. And this is the thing, it's like, for you to, oh, Jesus, make me more like you. Wonderful, that's why I gave you your wife. That's why I gave you that husband, <laughs> that one that irritates you sometimes. That's why I gave him to you, so you can learn what love is. So I want to quickly, the next slide there, love. Quickly check this one out. So it says, there we go. The atmosphere in a house is determined by the attitudes and the habits of the people who live there. Say again with me. The, adi- the atmosphere... In a house, is determined by the attitudes and the habits of the people who live there. So, I want to ask you a question: What is the atmosphere like in your house? Some people, you go into the atmosphere, you go into the house like, ooh, shocks, stains, and area. You cannot that air. You can air snipe with a missile. It's like, and they come to church, hallelujah. Combination is dance? And whenever the children see the the, the, the the imbalance between you like this and you at home and they go, Shucks, we either giving marriage a good name or we're gonna give them oh Blame either song, you know, keep it comfortable because you know, you know, marriage is is tough. Look at mom and dad. Now, i want to ask you a question I want to challenge as, as the body of Christ. See, are we giving marriage a good name to our kids? They're watching. I'm asking myself the question sometimes, and this is what we, we have we've been thinking about from the beginning with our kids. Like, one day, would I like my, my girl to be married to someone like me? What is it like to be on the other side of me? If you ask yourself that question, what does it feel like to be on the other side of you? Your attitude, your, the way you speak to your spouse. What does it feel like to be on the other side of you? Is it nice? Do you think it's a joy for them? Your kids feel it. I tell you what, your kids, they see it, they feel it, they go, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So the, added, the atmosphere in a house is determined by the Attitudes and the habits of the people who live there. So I'm going to ask you a question. If God could do like an attitude-like tester and a habit-tester test this morning, what what would it feel like? What what would you score? You can just think for yourself at this moment. Does your attitude and does your habits contribute to an atmosphere in your house that is just awesome? And this is something that we need to cultivate. Our homes need to be the safest place ever for our kids. Our house, our home should be the safest place for my wife. I wonder sometimes, why is it that the bars are full 6 o'clock until 12 o'clock at night? What is happening? Why isn't home the place that you know, any man or woman would run to? And here's the thing. is like when we spend time with our marriage seminars, it, it is just... And obviously, we don't have time to go through a lot of those things, but it was like whenever we create an atmosphere that doesn't feel safe, you're going to create distance for for your spouse. So I want to change that verse, that that word. So if you change the word attitude and habits with the following the atmosphere in a house is determined by the character of the people that live there. What is your character like? Is that a good atmosphere at home? Let's change that word again. The atmosphere in a house is determined by the maturity of the people who live there. Let me ask a question. If I tell you now, you might tell, oh, I think it's good. What, what would your kids say? <laughs> it's like if your kid. The best litmus test is the following. Ask your kids. If you could have a marriage like ours one day, would you be excited about getting married one day? <laughs>
1: <It's> like,
0: <laughs> or they're going to go can't wait dad can't wait mom that's a good question isn't it ask your kids one and, and then don't get defensive to them well you should be glad that you have a house at least <laughs> just ask them that question how excited would you be on a scale of 1 to 10 10 meaning can't wait 0 means 0 Meaning like, how excited would you be to get married one day if your marriage would look like mommy and daddy's marriage That's a good for you reflection to see, does your intention translate into into action? Because many times, Andy Stanley's got a good quote that says, direction, not intention, determines destination. How many of you would like to have a great marriage? Let me just put up, how many of you love it? Like, awesome, okay. We all love it. Like, nothing wrong with our intention. Everybody wants it. But sometimes the way that we choose to get there doesn't translate into the desired result. Like if you get to the N1, north, okay, and you go, oh, can you? Why comes by to to go? Oh, I like a beach picnic over the lovely. Can you watch it? And says, watch off my comes by, and says, for a wars, eh? Next, next night, she's You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at Worcester. like, like, she goes. Where are you going? Now I'm Axopot. You can be in the right road, wrong direction. And so many times people have great intentions about having a marriage that is awesome, but they don't do a lot of testing along the line to see how's it actually? And sometimes we need to do a bit of a test and say, you know what, is, is this what I hoped for? Because many times people go, this is not what I hoped for. This is not what I, what I had in mind. I wish it was going to be better than this. But they failed to implement the basics that God has placed in His Word. So I'm going to give you a few of those, of those basics. Before I go there, I want to quickly speak about the different phases of marriage. It's not on there. So the first phase in marriage is the honeymoon phase. Woo, how many of you remember that? Come on, please please say you do remember that. It can't be that far away. <laughs> okay. The honeymoon phase was like, oh, everything is new. I can't wait. It's like, it's like everything is new and exciting and is lovely. That lasts about, on average, all the books we've read about two years. Okay. Then reality has kicked in fully. It's like, okay, now I know what I'm stuck with. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, the novelty has worn off. Two years. Okay. Nobody thinks precisely, Okay. All those exciting phases, and the beginning nose to fight, and no beginning the reality to face. From what actually did I say yes to? Okay, I made this commitment for life, and now Jesus helped me. Okay, reality is this what I've signed up for? This is the question that you're asking in, the, in, in that time. Then the next thing happens, is the, is the, and the Lord says, Now the two will become one. Now the next phase is the power struggle phase. The power struggle phase is now you two have to become one. Which one? and then he wants to change her like lord i i will take him but it'll be a project that you and me have to fix okay (laughs) and then he goes like lord she's pretty but oh my goodness has she got some attitude sometimes you know now you and me we got to fix this one and then it's the power struggle phase okay then they try to see who's going to fix who who can get to change who and normally that doesn't go well have you tried that it's like doesn't go well, hey. It's like, I'm not going to (laughs) budge. It's like, if anybody has to change, it's got to be you. (laughs) Okay, so now there's a power struggle phase. The next phase is like, when you get to a place where you go, I realize that trying to change this person is not going to happen. So, Lord, I choose to accept them for who they are. Oof. But that they means they're going to do it for a little bit after high school. <laughs> it by the way, okay? They never get there. They they die in the power struggle phase. God, I will not give up until you change her. <laughs> it's like this one couple guy, like, okay, we're going to pray that the Lord will take whoever is causing the biggest problems in this marriage to take him home. And then I will be moving with my mother. <laughs> it's like, you, they cannot see for the life of them where, they, where they're contributing to the, to, to the unhappiness. Okay, It's just somebody else always. So the acceptance phase is where I go, you know what? I'm going to stop trying to change you. I'm going to start loving you. I've, I've given up my responsibility, or not responsibility, of my perceived responsibility to fix you. And this is why... Criticism is such a nasty killer in relationships. Studies and all the books we've listened to and messages and stuff, criticism is the number one destroyer in marriages. So, are you quick with your words to bring criticism? Something wrong with you. Criticism means that you don't, speak about the stuff that happens you blame the person for making that happen this difference okay I can speak to my wife about something that happened but the moment I start directing the criticism at her you're the one that makes this happen now criticism is the number one killer in marriages where you think it's your responsibility to bring out the faults within others not your place okay Acceptance phase, move on to maturity phase. Maturity phase, we realize, okay, now we're beginning to create a space for the other one to become who God made them to be. And I'm going to provide the perfect environment for growth. I'll ask you a question. Do you provide the environment at home for your spouse to become who God made them to be? Or do you want to fix them into the image that you think he or she should be like? Because whenever you're still trying to fix, God is standing by the side and say, I'm not going to help you because you're doing my job. Hello. (laughs) There's too many couples that Jesus is standing on the outside and say, I can't help you because you're doing my work. You're trying to fix your spouse, and that's something that I'm supposed to. I've never called you. In any verse in the Bible that says, go and fix your spouse. I said, go love him. Go love her. <laughs> Just saying that. I don't, don't, don't look at me funny at this moment. Please don't. <laughs> like, anyway, so the last phase is the is, is significant phase. The significant phase is where you got the maturity phase right to the point where other couples go, can you teach me how you guys did it, please? We, we love what, what we see in you. Could you show us what you did to get where you are? So I don't know where you find yourself in what stage, but your aim should be the significant phase where you can invest into other marriages. Amen? When you get to that place, i tell you what, marriage is awesome, but it's a race to the back of the line, not to the front. <laughs> okay? Marriage, a happy marriage, is a race to the back of the line. So i want to quickly read this. Uh, you know the, the, the bit in the Bible, Ephesians um, was die volgende ene, soblief, lief. Oké, okay, actually, voordat jy om, voordat jy om gaan, nog een, nog een, ek gaan vanaf jy hier die stik lees. Um, so, dat is te veel goed om uit te gesels vandag om jylle messies te cover, maar ek wil, ek wil, ek uh, een stik in die vision met jylle cover, en is hy die ding van, die woord wat beteken is, is een vloek woord voor betekend vrouwmense. It's like, vrouwens, vrouwmense, klink, nee, dames. Um, is die woord submit? Wat beteken die woord submit, so by die hoek? It's Like, oh, no ways. This near, never. Okay, it's like, it's like some people say like they don't like that word at all. Okay, what does the word submit mean, sir? So, by the way, it comes from the word submission. What does the word submission mean? Submission means sub. Beteken under. Subway. Okay. Submarine. Hmm. Sub beteken under. Mission beteken. I'm buying into your mission. I'm coming under serving your mission. But you cannot, husbands, expect your wives to come under your mission if you're not under God's mission. The moment that you come under God's mission, that wife will go, I'm under, I'm with you. When wives struggle to submit, it is normally when they don't see that you're pursuing your mission. Hello? When a, a wife sees that a husband is sold out for God's mission, that's when the, it becomes much easier for the wives to go, I've got your back, I'm with you. All right? So, so Ephesians chapter 5, 24, uh, a little bit before chapter five twenty one, say submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Beautiful words. Submit to one another. What does that look like? Well, I just, so I thought that wives are supposed to submit to husbands. Okay, this verse twenty one, they say, wives submit to husbands. But verse twenty one, net before this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does that mean? Because I reverence Christ. Because Jesus is my Lord, I will treat you in the same way that, 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 that He honors me. I will honor you. You're not less than, you're just as important. We'll submit to one another. That means I will never bulldoze you. I don't use the word, you shall submit, puppy. <laughs> How's that working for you? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to work. I ain't going to go down well. I promise you. Okay, <laughs> okay. But here's my thing. It's like, husbands, you follow wholehearted after Jesus. I tell you what, when your wife sees that, she's going to go, this is a husband worth submitting to. This is a husband worth following. Okay. Then he says, wives, submit to your own husbands, not any husband, as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now, ladies go, I don't know if I should do this thing. Okay. Fast Come on, on. Come Love in Um, It's actually Actually, I go back. Uh, sorry. Yes, yes, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He says, yes, for the. I mean, if you know, the Lord loves working with the men first sometimes. Okay. And sometimes, unfortunately, when they don't, he starts with the wives. But, you know, when, when, when the husbands become the point man within their family, as we call it in our point man course, when the husband becomes the point man, chances are that the, the family will follow is 93%. Did you know that? As la plaque in him. chance that the family is going to follow. Because God has placed them in the place of leadership. But he says to the husband, Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. But that one's going, Well, that didn't end well for Jesus. (laughs) Okay. And gave himself up for her to make her Holy. Cleansing her by the washing with the with water through the through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Do you want to know what is your purpose, husbands? Is to present your wife before Jesus as blameless one day. That is your that's the first thing. After saying, Did you accept Jesus Lord and Savior? Your salvation? Great, done. Next, t- next deal, is going to ask you, can I see your wife, please? I want to see the condition of your wife. I want to see, did you bring out the best in her? Did you create a place where she could become who God made her to be? Does she flourish in your presence? If not, we're going to ask ourselves some questions. Did God, help us. Help us. Okay, so uh, to present her holy and blameless before God and say, and husbands, you ought to love your wives weere keer, as if I hear, hear it and repeat, I say three keer verse 25, husband loves your wives verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies and here uh, again like your body, you know, husbands you know, necessarily don't like your body most husbands, you know, even if they you know, they look past the mirror and go, depends can so stand, like, still got it <laughs> Girls on the other hand stuff, up by, and I can make a look like how beautiful it looks. Look at the mirror. No, 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 mirror, no, 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 no. something no, 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 mirror. Say no, So precisely I'm doesn't matter what they look like. So girls have a built-in problem when it comes to how they see themselves. That is just the way it is, okay? Guys, nah, not so much, no. Really. <laughs> so what is he saying? Love your wives as your own body. Without issues. And now I come with my verse 3. Let me now can you answer. And now bring you the women's and the mix in. But say first again. Say three months. Now the third time. Say for however, each one of you, speaking to the husbands, also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Note die twee woordjes, must. Is that an option? Hello? <laughs> if you feel like it, if she's been kind, if she gave you sex, you know, if she's been lovely, if she cooked nice food, if he did this, he is your job, you must. As a werkgever vir jou sê, luister hy is. He is your job, you to do it. Fry for him Is it the option. <laughs> well, if you do, <laughs> you want to see how long you're going to enjoy that job. You know what I'm saying? He's going to go, do you really want to work here or not? Here's the thing. He's asking husbands, why does he tell the husbands three times to love their wives? How many times did he tell the wives to love their husbands? Zero. Why? Here's my book for my leafy. It's interesting, never in the Bible does he command a wife to love their husband. I can recommend your read book, genuine. Okay. Love and Respect. Okay. See, why does he ask the husbands to love their wives? Because husbands, normally, they love themselves. Sorry, it's just the way it is, okay? We love ourselves, okay? This is for us, This is the analogy gebruik As you love your body, as you love, as Christ loved the church. He's trying to, like, get husbands to get this. I know you don't have a problem to love yourself. huis Wat Plak TV en begin Verstaan Hey, chips, crazy. Like a bit of coffee. like you don't have a problem with yourself sitting in front of the TV, okay? But he's trying to get them to understand that Loving your wife, I know, doesn't come naturally to you, the way you love yourself. So that's why I'm repeating this thing three times. Because I know you're not... Ladies, no need to tell a lady to love. They love. They're born to love. They, they've got it inside of them. A mom, at that now, I can't take You have to see a mother, but you can't live That's built in. Are you with me? So they, moms... They, they. If you, if you ask most moms, most men, do you, does your wife love you? Yes, she loves me. Does she like you? I'm a bit too secure. I'm a bit, she's loving me. I'm a bit, I'm for me. I hope you're lucky. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then come in the French. They say, and wives must respect their husbands. Is that an option? Ja maar die wat leer is so kan ek dit vir jou verduidelik. Dis dis 'n druk voor daai, verstaan is Dis i rarig wanneer die Bybel sê nie respek moet word. In the silence. <laughs> it's like wat going nou kom? Okay. So so my question to you ladies is like do you think that your primary love need, which is love to feel loved, should that be conditional or unconditional? Hallo, jylle kan nou met my terugprate. Wil jy graag hier iemand met jou conditionally of unconditionally? Succes hier, dat bieke harder? Wat beteken sonder conditions? Kijk, nou betekent jylle man sê like, ok, in die die begin van die keer binnen ons Mary's seminar het ons gesê, ok, geef jylle een whiteboard met een koukie pen, en sê, ok, nou skryf gevinig uit teen uit, nee, how loved do you feel by your husband at this moment? And girls is a five. And he owes it, I think I a So it's amazing how we always rate ourselves better than what the other one feels. <laughs> so then we turn this thing around. And I said to the ladies, okay, so you will your man your unconditionally love? He said, okay, that would be wonderful. That's your primary love need. But his primary love need is respect. So, do you speak to him in a respectful way? Do you speak to him in a tone of voice that he feels, my wife respects me? She might not agree with what you're saying. But ladies, you can agree or disagree respectfully. But when you speak the language of disrespect, what happens to him, he doesn't hear it dis sy taal, dis is goed, so ek praat Chinese met julle vandag, verstaan jy? En nou, wat maak ek gul, is jy nie nie hoor, nie, Chris, nie, 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 nie julle, nie, die Jouwikse mens, obviously, verstaan jy? Dan skree hulle harder, van, nou begin hulle te, ek het vir jou gesê! Verstaan jy? En nou begin hulle die tone of voice bykie te lig, om harder te praat, om te hoop hulle gaan, dan as jy het deurbraak naar manie. maar luister nie of jy nou harder praat in Chinese, ga nie maak het jy hoor nie. <laughs> A husband doesn't understand the language of disrespect. Hear what I'm saying to you ladies today. If you're speaking the language that feels to him like disrespect, he's going to shut down. And you're going to wonder why I don't connect with him. Why he doesn't listen to me. why he does, I thought he says he loved me, but he doesn't obey me. Because you're speaking Chinese. <laughs> You, s- you might as well be speaking Chinese when you s- wrap what you say with disrespect. Are-, are you with me? Thy need for respect is not because we deserve to be respected and everything we say is right. That's not what we're saying. Sometimes we do stupid things and you don't have to respect what we did. know man can with me? You had all stupid things you know your wife shouldn't respect what you did. But what you still want is for her to speak to you in a respectful way, which is the tone of voice. The way that the eyes, not like, for goodness sake, you got us all very, drie kinders, and he's in Don't speak like that. When your husband feels respected, You'll be putting him in a place where he can actually communicate with you. So I'm going to be quick with this. Here's some of my book. Okay. So it's a crazy cycle. Without love, she reacts without respect. Without respect, he reacts without love. This is worth getting. <laughs> Okay, if you want to know why your wife sometimes speaks unlovingly, uh, disrespectfully to you, ask yourself the question, hmm, Liffy, did I just come across as unloving? Because I feel some disrespect at this moment. Not, you is a freaking black widow spider and you should be like freaking repenting because you are disrespectful, blah, 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 blankety blank, you know what I'm saying? You don't come across as that, what you're asking is the following, saying, love, I feel disrespected at this moment. Not, you are a disrespectful woman, don't criticize, Say it, we are full. I feel disrespected at this moment. I know because I understand this, I've listened to this, I took a picture, didn't someone know, of this things, like, I realize that you come across, ladies can come across as disrespectful when they feel unloved. Did I do anything loving, unloving to you? Now you're giving her the opportunity to go, Actually, you did, dear When you did so and so and so and so, oh, Shucks, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. Can you see how quickly you can resolve it instead of getting finger-pointing? So, say with me, Without love, she reacts without respect. <laughs> without respect... He reacts without love. And this is a crazy cycle. And this is, I've seen so many couples, but in the crazy cycle, fast-for-fungus fun. Who can I take here respect here? Can you see who with me? Who come I take for a here? Can you see who prates with me? And it's a crazy cycle. And but couples, they just don't get out of it. So, my question to you is: is how do you stop the crazy cycle? I know it doesn't happen in Cape Town, I'm still in so It's more a Joburg problem, okay? So, my, how do you stop the crazy cycle? Let's, let's ask the question, who is supposed to stop the crazy cycle? Huh? It's a classic answer, both. <laughs> okay, And this almost says both, but that doesn't work. Because he goes like, I'll stop it if she does. And he goes, she goes, I'll stop it if, when he stops. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy cycle keeps spinning. Can I tell you who should stop it? Whoever sees himself or herself as the more mature one. <laughs> so so if you see yourself as mature, you're the one who should stop the crazy cycle. How do you stop the crazy cycle? you'd go on to the next one. You move to the energizing cycle. The energizing cycle says the following. His love motivates her respect. Her respect motivates his love. In other words, even though I'm not getting my needs met at this moment, i guess actually the thing in for you. I do what I to actually the en voor jou by die oomlik, verstaan jy wat ek sê, so, maar ik ga voor jou begin gee wat jij nodig het, selfs al krijg ek nog niet wat ek het nie, wat ek soek nie, that's maturity. Want ons allemaal weet hoe het lijk als iemand onszelf of haar remove in haar gaat speel vir die volgende week, tot hulle neers afverkoel Nee, so nie, julle ken miskien mense in Job ook wat sêke dinge doen, nee. (laughs) En nou sit, nou pull yourself die kant toe, maar op eind van die dag, al wat gebeur is, is die self-decycle, dat gebeur maar niet elke elke maand. Dit is een kwestie van, op dit klokslag? Is dit een kwestie van, I'm not going to give you what you want, because you don't give me what I want. Somebody has to be mature enough. Dit is wat Sarah gesê in die begin. Marriage is not for everybody. Enig iemand kan gaan gaan tekenen en gaan sê, kom ons gaan trouw, But that doesn't mean that you're going to experience the blessing of marriage. Marriage was meant to bless you. Not to... It was meant to bless you. But the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. But He resists the proud. When you come into marriage with a heart full of pride... You're gonna have a hard time, starter. <laughs> You're gonna have a hard time. You gotta be prepared to say, Lord, I'm gonna be the more mature one sometimes, and I'm gonna stop the craziest cycle. How do I stop the craziest cycle? First of all, I need to say, skid stones don't. I'm going to stop manipulating you and I'm not going to give you what you want. You're not going to give me what I want. Okay, so how do you, as a mature person, Andy Stanley says it so beautifully, he says, what does love look like at this moment? Some of you know what immaturity look like. Immaturity is just keep the crazy cycle spinning. But what does love look like? love look like i'm going to start giving even though i'm not getting how's it going in your marriage can you do that and then so jy begin jy die, die cycle begin jy van die cruise cycle te stop en jy reverse om in die, die ander rigting in die beter rigting en dan kom ons by die by die reward cycle net die reward cycle sê die volgende His love, regardless of her respect. Now, I can't mention my wife, but I think listened to a couple of messages with the relationship from last week. I think they're there, but I know a few couples that, that get to this place, and this is where heaven at home becomes a reality, where you're mature enough to sometimes absorb your spouse's immaturity. Hello. But your spouse. immaturity, suck it up. You don't have to react to everything. Drop it, let it go. Ni Okay. So his love, regardless of her respect. My question to you this morning is: Which one of those cycles represent your marriage at this moment? crazy cycle? Energizing cycle? Have you learned this to to give your spouse, ladies, to give your husband unconditional respect? Not because they deserve it, but because you're a woman of respect? See, you don't treat someone according to what they deserve. You treat them according to who you are. So if you are a loving man, you're going to love your wife. Not because I will treat you loving because you deserve it. Your your behavior does not determine my actions. Maturity means I know who I am. And I'm going to love you because that's who I am, not because that's what you deserve. This is this, this huge. <laughs> I'm going to treat you with respect, not because you deserve it, because I'm a woman of respect. And guess what? When you start feeding one another like this, Ladies, when you speak to your man through the language of respect, guess what's going to happen? It's going to translate into him loving you more than ever before. Husbands, when you learn to speak the love language of your wife in a way that makes sense to her, I tell you what, she's going to go, What a man! I will speak to him in a respectful way. So my question to you is, who are you? Are you a man of respect? I mean, a woman of respect? Are you a man of love? Have you got the maturity yet to love like Jesus? To give your spouse what they want, even though you're not getting what you want? Or are you just going down this criticism, defensiveness, stonewalling mindset where we're just going to, I'm just going to, give you what you deserve. I'm going to give you what you're giving me. That immaturity, that's why it says at the beginning that marriage is not for everyone because not everyone is mature enough to actually enjoy it. Some people, marriage, because it continually brings up who they are. And this is why your spouse is not the problem, just putting it out there. If you're struggling in your marriage, it's not a spouse problem. It's a, this problem. Because when I'm submitted to Christ, I'm treating her because she's God's daughter. Not because she's the one that is there to serve me and my needs. Amen? So, what I am you to do is, stand up as you're your spouse. You not Bless your socks. <laughs> I hope you're learning something for the future. <laughs> okay, so draai naar jou vroukie toe en kyk aan die oor. Hou aan haar er vast. En sê die volgende. Okay, sê achterweer aan. Sê, ek gaan eerst met die manne praat. So manne, jy gaan, jy gaan vir jou vrou die volgende sê. Sê, lief, vandag het ek geleer die crazy cycle is nie een goeie cycle, nie. <laughs> <laughs> en ek vraam verskoning vir, vir die manier hoe ek keer jou op een unloving manier hanteer. Vergeef my voor mijn immaturity dat ek die crisis cycle laat spin. Van vandaag af, met die Heerse hulp, wil ek meer mature wees. So dat ons die crisis cycle kan stop. Okay, ladies, jou beerd, sê, my lief, ek het vandag geleerd. jou primary need, is om gerespecteerd te voel. Ik vroeg vir dat ek niet nie altyd so hanteer, dat ik oorkom op een manier, dat ik er een meer te excited is, Dat ik het er is, en ik vraag je mensen om vergeven. Ik wil graag leren om jou te respecteren. Dat is wat goed voor my vrouw. Ik is lief voor jou. Geen haak daar zo. Kijk, kom eens mokers Vader, kom eens allemaal staan soome. Vader, dank je voor je voor chat chat iets wat begin het. Lord, marriage was your idea, and it was your idea to bless us, and help us to honor the principles that you have put in place for us. Teach us to be a love and respect couple, that we will live by these principles I will love my wife even when I'm not getting the respect I will respect my husband even when I don't feel loved and Lord teach us to be the mature young people to be the mature couples that you want us to be here I bless Elke marriage but he is here I bless Elke couple and I bid that van for that here couples have so slight to say I will mature. I will not tolerate the crazy cycle any longer in our marriage. I will learn to speak my spouse's love language in a way that makes sense to them, not to me, in a way that makes sense to them. Yet I bless our couple for the fraud illessal and give them a growth mindset. An ability to say, I will grow into the largeness of marriage. I will develop an aptitude for learning. I will up my skill level so that I can create an atmosphere at home that feels like heaven. I must it in Jesus Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstallenbosch.co.za.